Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. All right, let's get started into Matthew chapter 8. We've, uh, we've gone through seven chapters already. Time's flying, isn't it? I love uh, getting into God's Word and just kind of going through and seeing what it has to say. It's, uh, it's fascinating to me. Uh, that every time you read it, every time you you go through a passage or whatever, it seems, you know, you think you're familiar with it, you think you know what you're looking at, and lo and behold, as you read it, the Lord always opens the door to something new. So hopefully that'll be the case today. Um, So let's just kind of dive right into it. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, we have an account here where Jesus is coming down. He's finished the Sermon on the Mount. He's coming down out of the mountain. And it says, when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand, touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Let's just kind of go through these four verses here. I think that might take up this session because I see several things that I'd like to comment about. The first of which, uh, verse 1, says, When he was come down out of the mountain, notice it says great multitudes followed him. Um, of course, we know that Jesus went up into the mountain and took his disciples with him up there and spoke to them. Then he came down out of the mountain. You know, everybody didn't go up onto the mountain with him, just, you know, just the the apostles, the ones that God chose. Uh, So these other people didn't even have the opportunity to have this mountaintop experience. Uh, I know a lot of people teach this passage that it's as if, you know, every anybody and everybody that was there went up on the mountaintop with him. But that's not the case. He only took his disciples with him. And we don't have time to go back and rehash that. But um, they were the ones who got the specific teaching. And, and, you know, what a blessing that had to be and what a joy it is when you can have a mountaintop experience with Jesus. Some of the things that he reveals to you just, um, you know, make all the difference in the world. Solidifies your relationship with him and... And, uh, you know, those are the things that you think about when you're going through the rough times, you know, that you, you did have those times when God really pulled you through and he, and he put you in a, in a situation where it was just you and him and, and you could see that he, he had your back. You know, God is always going to be there with you. So these apostles did that. But then he came down out of the mountain and it says, and great multitudes followed him. So even though they may not have experienced 
had this particular mountaintop experience with Jesus, they recognized that somebody did. They recognized that there was something different about about this Son of God. And and so they followed him. Um, I mean, what a great message to us that even, I mean, for the apostles, you know, you got to look at the situation and say, well, you know, you can't just have the mountaintop experiences. You got to go into the valley, too. And, and what a great encouragement that is. What a great message that is. But here we have a group of people says that they followed. They didn't get to go on the mountain with him. And yet they followed him anyway. Folks, you don't have to have a mountaintop experience with Jesus in order to go through the valleys. You just need to understand that God's going to be there with you. That he's, he's going to guide you. Um, and that wherever he takes us and wherever we go in life and whatever it is we have to face, um, we have a God who not only can take people onto the mountaintop and give them that kind of relationship and experience, but the fact that he takes others with him and does that and then brings them with him and travels with them tells us that it's not only him, but he puts other people into our lives, too. Uh, other people that have a great relationship with him. That you know, That's why we, we need to give reverence to the leadership at our church, our pastors and other leaders, uh, missionaries that are out trying to start churches and do different things all around the world because uh, these are people that God has chosen for very special things, and we need to respect that. And, and he even mentions here, and we'll get to it in a minute, you know, Moses, a prophet of his, um, you know, some instructions that Moses gave that uh, he, he tells this leper in a moment to, to, um, to honor what Moses uh, commanded him. Uh, so, you know, we need to listen to these people of God. Of course, we need to test them. We need to be sure that they're not teaching some false doctrine because there's a lot of them out there that are. But, you know, once we're convinced that these are, they're, these are people that God has chosen to be our leaders and to guide us, um, we need to be willing to follow them and, and respect the office that God has given them. So he comes down out of the mountain. These people are following him. And a particular person, it says in verse 2, was a leper. Came and he didn't just come up to him and say, Hey, uh, listen, uh, you know, is this where the uh, healing line forms? I need to get healed. No, it says he worshipped him. He wasn't looking for Jesus just for his own personal uh, healing, his own personal advantage. He was looking for Jesus specifically to um, to worship him, first of all. So now I don't know what he did. The Bible doesn't go into detail to tell us exactly how he went about worshiping, but there was something in his approach, something in that exchange between this leper and Jesus Christ that God chose to relate to us in his inspired word that says he worshiped him. Look, we can have an attitude of worship in a number of things. You know, the Bible tells us that we should, uh, we should pray without ceasing. Well, we can't spend our, our entire life at the altar at church praying. Sometimes we've got to get up and go eat and We've got to go to work. We've got to tend to our families. There are a number of things in life that we have to tend to. So we can't spend all our time, you know, at the altar at church. But we certainly can spend all of our time in an attitude of prayer. I mean, and that's a form of worship. 
So, you know, when God says to worship, we can, we can worship him in, in a number of things and in a number of ways. It's just, it's the attitude that we need to have constantly that there is a God with us who is worthy and desirous of, of our worship. So this leper comes to Jesus and, and somehow in, his, in this, this interchange that they had uh, portrayed worship. And Jesus, I believe, recognized that immediately. Um, and then notice the humility. He says, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. He, he doesn't really ask him to make him clean. He just says he's there worshiping him. And you're saying, Lord, in, in this worship, maybe it's you know sort of like a prayer kind of a thing or something. Lord, if, if, if it's your will, if it's your desire, you can cleanse me. Well, it's interesting that he said, if thou wilt thou canst make me clean because uh, it's not only always, always God's will that we be healed like it cracks me up that so many people claim that you know God doesn't want people to be sick <coughs> and yet there are so many examples in scripture where God clearly did cause affliction to come upon people for various reasons and you know in Paul we never we don't never know nobody really knows for sure what Paul's problem was but Paul admitted he said that he had an affliction of some sort and he really wished God would heal him but he says look that's okay Lord if you don't you know I'll just deal with it and God had a purpose in that and you know he's not the only one there are others so um, God has a purpose in what he does and sometimes being sick or being afflicted or going through trials sometimes that's just part of life that there's a purpose for that and God has a reason for for doing those things now in the case of the leper he chose to heal him. And Jesus, in verse 3, and Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. I've always been intrigued by that word, will. Um, it's not, he says, not that God says, I'm going to do something. He's just saying, it is my will. It is my desire. It is my want. I don't know, whatever you want to do to explain it. But it was God's desire at that moment then to cleanse this man. Of course, you know, God knows all things ahead of time. Nothing surprises him. So he knew this was all going to happen, and uh, it was his will from the get-go, even before they had this encounter, that he was going to heal this guy. He had a purpose uh, in healing this man. And so he just simply said, you're right. He says, if I will, I can cleanse you. And he says, it is my will beat out clean and you know he doesn't mess around and doesn't go through some big ordeal he doesn't make a show out of it he doesn't line people up and blow them back and pork chop them in the head and do all he just, just says he just touched him now he didn't even have to touch him because we know there are other instances in scripture where God or where Christ did things and he just spoke it but um, he brought all of creation into existence with the spoken word but in this case he chose to touch him and immediately the leprosy was cleansed. And so then in verse 4, Jesus saith unto him, See thou tell no man, go thy way, show thyself to the priests, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. I don't know if I might have time to finish all this in this segment, but first of all, he says, look, don't tell anybody what's going on here. Well, you know, 
it's not like this. There's a lot of people around. They already said great multitudes followed them, and a leper came to them. So people witnessed this event. So it's not like it was a secret, and it's not like God was trying to, or Jesus was trying to be secretive. He just didn't want him to make a big deal out of it. But, that, but I think there's more to it than that, because in telling him then to go that way, show thyself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded. We'll talk hopefully about that gift in a second. He was trying to point out that, look, I'm not, I didn't come here to replace the law. I came here to fulfill the law. He was still honoring the law, and he told this guy to go back to the priest. Now, Moses, if you look back in, um, in the book of uh, Leviticus, chapter 14, it goes th through a whole big ordeal there about what lepers were supposed to do when they were cleansed, and it was, it was the priest who would then declare them clean. And, and there was a whole ceremony that they went through, and there were some gifts. that They, they came to the, to the priest on the first day, and um, they would make an offering. Two birds, uh, alive and clean, it said, cedar wood, scarlet, hyssop. These ingredients were things were used for cleansing and different things, uh, you know, in, in, in life or preservation. You know, cedar has always been, a lot of the ladies had cedar chests that they you say you know, they call them a hope chest that they they put stuff in to save for their marriage and so on and the cedar chest would preserve them. Some of you probably still have many, but uh, but anyway they would come and make this offering. We don't have time to go into all that offering, but uh, on day one they would come and tell the priest that they've been cleansed, and so they would make this offering. Well then. Um, there was a process that they went through, and then on the the eighth day, they would come, and if if they had it, if they could afford it, they'd give them two lambs and a ewe, two he lambs and a ewe, some uh, fine flour, um, you know, some oil. There were several different things that they had to give them, um, and and if they didn't, if they weren't wealthy enough to own all those things, they could give lesser amounts and and that sort of thing, but. And they would shave them, you know, to to rid the body of whatever residue was there from the leprosy, um, and um, you know that would be that was the process. Now there's a lot more to it than that. You'd have to read the passage, and that's a whole nother study in and of itself. Um, but Jesus didn't want this leper as he went back. It's my opinion. The Bible doesn't specifically say this. But I don't think he wanted this guy to go back and start telling everybody how Jesus had healed him and exclude the, uh, the, the Jewish traditions, the Jewish teaching. Uh, because, again, Jesus was not trying to do away with the law. He was trying to fulfill the law. And so he wanted that to be included in this whole thing, but clearly let it be shown that it was Jesus who did the healing because... You know, the leper knew it was Jesus. The priest didn't know it was Jesus. But if this, this leper came to the priest and said, look at me, I'm clean, and subjected himself to the lawful process, the leper, I mean, the, the priest then had to realize that this Jesus guy was somebody special. And so, you know, Christ was trying to speak to a lot of people, you know, in this whole process here. And so 
Um, this leper would then go back to the priest. They'd go through the whole process, and they would do what Moses had commandment, commanded. And again, we kind of mentioned Moses before because this kind of um, validates who Moses was and that he was a chosen man of God. So, you know, Christ's inclusion of all of this just encapsulates the whole concept of why he came. He came to help us to see and understand what the law was all about, what it pointed to, which was salvation. Um, but it was Christ who was the central point of it. it he was the one who, who really made the difference. So I uh, hope that helps a little bit. We'll get into the next few verses in our next session. Thank you, and God bless.